Hello, everybody, and welcome yo, yo, to yo, 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 the yo, yo, Macaw yo. Podcast Universe. We are excited to bring you the epic finale of the entire Marvel Universe. We know there's a movie after, and there's going to be probably thousands after this. But it's, this it's a, is it's the world's most expensive TV show. But we had one of the best season finales we've ever seen. This movie rules, and this is the Macaw Podcast Universe. You may just be joining us, and you know what this means. This means you're listening to a podcast where Jordan McCaw and Micah McCaw, who are married people to each other, we go and we watch a franchise and we discuss the sequels. We see if they hold up. We see if we like them. We see if we don't. And basically, um, I was thinking the other day that another, another way to put it is we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. And if you listen to this one and you just get a big kick out of it and you're like, I'm going to go listen to the other ones and you get an even, even bigger kick out of it and you're like, man, now I have to wait for the episodes to come out. Guess what? You don't. You what? can go to Micah's Patreon. Wait a second. It, and <laughs> you pledge. Is it called pledging? Yeah, yeah. You pledge on his Patreon like a dollar or five. There's no dollar option, just five or ten. Five or ten. Um, and then you can get early access to episodes. You get the episodes and bonus on Monday. Eps maybe in the future. I don't know why I'm saying no, that. No, no, definitely not bonus as of this moment. We don't have enough time to promise we'll bonus episodes. We'll see where episodes. this journey takes us, though. It's but already do, taken us to end game. You get extra. You'll get my music early. Why? I don't know why we're plugging this all right now. <laughs> and Jordan just hit herself with a cup. Are you okay? Did it hit the tooth? Uh you know, it's embarrassing, not because of what I just did, but that I think I've told you this. You do that. It's a lot. an embarrassing amount how often I hit my tooth with um, <laughs> when I take a drink, and it's like, when's the day going to happen that my front tooth is just, just going to get chips. knocked out? Yeah. Well, and and one thing you might be thinking of as a listener, you, maybe you're an avid listener. You're a you're a Mike Combs. You're a Nathan Sharer. You're a Rebecca McCaw, and you think to yourself, Olivia. Oli- oh yes, yes, of course. Uh, signed silver linings herself. Uh, you think to yourself, man, they're really off bases here, or they're kind of like taking their time to really breathe and sit For in the moment. For a three-hour movie, when are they going to start? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Avengers breathes, and we're just copying the movie, but not as good. But we are copying the movie. That's pretty good. Okay, so we kind of tried to tie it in. Just check out patreon.com slash Pledge the money. Once we get to 10 patrons, you guys get to choose the next series we do. Whenever so we're in a series, easy. you get to choose. We're just not going to do Saw or Halloween or anything that has... Listen to our like Fantastic Four episode 15. and you hear a lot of series that we say we won't do. Yeah, but uh, other than that, come on, come on. And, well, you know what? While we're doing housekeeping, we'll just push it off. We have one more episode of Marvel, but in order for you to get ready, we have another series coming up. It's freaking Toy Story. We're doing Toy Story next, folks. Are you folks, announcing it now? Because we're doing it out of order. Okay. Uh, just like time travel. Again, tying it back into Avengers. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Avengers Endgame, a movie directed by Joe and Anthony Russo that came out this year. Um, 2019. 2019. Let's talk about our experience going to see this movie. because We saw it together. We saw it together, and at this point, again, as you've listened along, Jordan and I are full back in, we and we're ready to go. We sat next to a middle-aged couple, and it was adorable to see how into it the movie they, how into the movie they were. Um, 
the especially I forgot about that. Yeah, especially yeah. like ending battle scene when all everyone's back. Yeah. I mean, I think the the girl, the the woman like goes to her husband and is like, Oh my gosh, it's like yeah. it's that person. Well, what was cool was they they were like like gray haired, like older people. Um, well, like our parents. No, they were I think they were older than our parents. I, don't I think remember so. them being that Okay, it doesn't matter. But anyway, it's important. They uh, it's pretty important. Uh what was cool was I when she said when she was like, "Oh, that's Black Panther." When Black Panther came out and she got excited, she like did a little clap on her yeah, palms. Yeah. And I was on like, "On her palms. Nowhere else." <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought to myself, "Okay, I did not realize that people that age who definitely don't look like comic book nerds are that into these movies." What does a comic book nerd look like to you, Micah? Uh, not like them. They seem like they probably missed the boat on comics, but I'm probably wrong. They probably grew up reading well, them. Well, there's a dude walking down the street, and he's apparently a comic book nerd. What's he wearing um, in your eyes? He's wearing some sort of pop culture shirt, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I've never thought about it till now. Just be careful before you right. stereotype. Yeah, you're right. It's 2019. That's true. But anyway, I just thought it was strange. I didn't realize that the movie's connected with, like, everyone in that way yeah um and uh it was it was cool to see that reaction and then i remember also when captain marvel showed up at the beginning of the movie remember she, she kind of turned and she was like who's who's that and he's like that's captain marvel we haven't wa- seen that one yet but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's still playing yeah he's like it's the way we're seeing it right after <laughs> yeah, they probably did um uh so anyway this movie is directed by anthony and joe russo well, maybe we should talk about when what we did after we left the theater. We probably talked about the movie. Well, I just remember pumping my fists, jumping into the air, and saying, this is a, the most unbelievable movie. I can't believe it. You really said the most unbelievable movie? No, I didn't say that. But I just... Be I, careful. It's 2019. What, what I want to say is this movie had maybe the biggest expectations that a movie's had since Force Awakens. Yeah. Totally. And, and before that, Phantom Menace. Like, this movie had so much riding on it. And it, I mean, it was going to succeed either way. But this, like, blew my expectations what out of the water. What about Harry Potter? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that one could be up there as well. Micah, um, it's up there. Well, I, I'm just thinking of, like, like, because Harry Potter, you have, uh, you have the book, and you have... You have like you a, have the comic books. I had a, I'm, yeah. I'm joking. I'm no, joking about that. Yes, yeah. It's just like uh, like no one knew what was going to happen in this. You know, although no, I, I, don't know I, I'm just trying to think of anything uh, in between Force Awakens and Phantom Menace. Yeah, and that's the only one I can think of besides The Hobbit, and we all know what happened there. Yeah, that was a train wreck. Not starring Amy Schumer. Wait, what year was Phantom Menace? Uh, 1999. Oh, then Lord of the Rings. Why come we even said that? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But again, it's like you know the story. I, I guess, I guess in Who my cares? head, it's Lord of the Rings. No, 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 I okay, okay. To to clarify my point, it, personally, and this is just my own read. Okay, <laughs> and you got your arms crossed and you don't agree, but it's like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. We we already know that they're great stories. We 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 all they have to do is stick the landing. But like when Phantom Menace comes out, no one knows what it's about, and it's like this huge pop culture thing. He like what is it gonna be? The the anticipation, no one knows. Same thing. Force Fine. Awakens. They're like, okay, Force Awakens. Like Star Wars is back. Remember when we all thought that Phantom Menace was gonna be really good? So it's all riding on it. Wait, we thought. Well, thought, I thought we knew. 
uh, yeah, it's not good. And then, uh, <laughs> y- then it's like this, this movie I feel like is in that category of like the expectation to me. I thought there's no way that they can meet our expectations. It's just not possible. Whereas when I went to see Lord, Lord of the Rings, I'm like, they're going to do it. They killed it on the last two. They got this. Hmm. And I just, you know, I, I figured there that this movie would not be as good as infinity war. And I feel like it blows infinity war out of the water. Because of the emotional uh, integrity of the movie. does not feel like three hours. And with that being said, time travel movies for me pretty much feel like they're long. Mm-hmm. Even if they're fun, like Back to the Future. Yeah. Back to the Future is a little bit different though. But like a lot of time travel movies, it's just like, okay, now they got to go do this thing that would have already seen happen and all this stuff and doing this yeah. again. But I think because this has been spanned out over over 20 movies, <laughs> yeah. it, going, back, movie. going back was just a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah. So it didn't feel boring to me. And and I, I just, I love this movie. And I was, I remember thinking to myself after I saw it, like, I don't know how any movie is going to beat this movie this year for my number one. And then I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I was like, okay, I like that It's been better. a long year. And then I saw Ad Astra, and I was like, okay, that's my number one. And but then still, we're about to see Jojo Rabbit. We are. I don't think that has a, even close to a shot for me. But I think that I'll like it a lot, but I don't think it's going to be like up up to this caliber. hope my expectations aren't too high. I think they might be. I don't know anyone personally who's seen it. Have you? Uh, it's, not, it's not out wide release yet. So Okay. I just know like critics have seen it. But yeah, I, 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 oh, Sean Fadling saw it. Did he like it? He said it was good. Yeah. I think Cam may have seen it too. Um, but this movie, it just has this huge expectation that the promise is like, this is what these 22 other movies have been building up to. This is what we're giving you guys. And it just knocks it out of the park. And this whole movie is just like, they're just rounding the bases, like the whole movie. And it's just scoreboard as every inning, they're just striking out the bad guys and they're just, they're just running. You've lost that metaphor. Running their cute Can little butts around. The production notes, please. <laughs> I do just love this movie very much, and it does prove oh. that sequels can be better because this is a twenty third we'll movie into in a franchise. It in Thirty minutes when you're done one. with the notes. <laughs> so it's written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who also wrote Infinity War. As we know, in case you missed it, listener, go back to our Infinity War episode. This um, production is tied pretty closely in with um, Infinity War. They filmed a lot of it, um, like, they filmed the movies back-to-back. So the actors, like, went through the whole thing. Did you hear that? Did it a little closer. Uh, And then um, Alan Silvestri did the score to the movie. And do you want to talk about the score a little bit? Good. The score's amazing. Yeah, they they capture a lot of the themes from yeah. previous movies slash previous movies. Yeah. Like Dr. Strange theme and then oh, Thanos is, I love it, Olivia. Um, and then also the, I, one of my favorite things is infinity war ends with that song. Yes. Yes. That for Thanos that has that resolving note. So it's like, Oh, it is finished. Mm-hmm. And then when they get back to, in, in this movie, when they find Thanos, it's the same music happening. Yeah. I think Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You noticed that. That was crazy. Um, but I can't notice it? 
No, it's Am just I incapable because no, I'm not a musician. It's just you know you know how much I've talked about the Thanos ending scene. You'd think that I would pick up yeah, on I know it, and how I did. You talked about it, um, but uh, and then there's like the the jazzy kind of stuff. Yeah, the and, the heist feeling stuff. Yeah, uh, finally we got that out of <laughs> Ant Man. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love the score to this movie. And there's that just a couple of moments. Well, just one in particular when Ant Man is running to his house. In San Francisco, and no, the shut it, violence shut it, pick shut up. Shut it, we are not there yet. Please get through the notes. <laughs> no, uh, uh, it's produced by Kevin Feige. Trent Opalock did the um, cinematography, same as Avengers Infinity War. Comes out April 26, 2019. Production company Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt duh, Disney. Duh. So, uh, in case you were unaware, Listener, this is the number one highest grossing movie of all time. It dethroned Avatar. Uh, and it's, Thank goodness. And it is uh, domestically, the movie makes 858337000 And then, get this, the movie makes $2,797,000,000. Ah, let me start over. The movie makes $2,797,800,564 as of the day that I looked this up, which was November 4th. It becomes the highest grossing movie of all time. And this I want you to see. There was a thought, and they were attempting in early stages to include the television characters in the movie at some point. Okay. So that has already been a thing that was on the radar? Yeah, but then the directors were like, this is going to be too complicated. We shouldn't do that. Which leads me to say that Jar... Well, we'll get to it. Like all of them? I think I think they just were like, oh, we could we could use some of the TV characters. That was more the thinking. And then the writers and, and directors were like, we got to just stick to like the guys because this is, this is way... This is already like borderline too many characters. So uh, the working title of the movie, what they did the production under, is Mary Lou 2. Um, since many characters are tall... The uh, shooting in the IMAX ratio worked a lot better. As oh, really? you remember, Infinity War is the first uh, complete IMAX filmed movie. And this is follows suit with that. It's all filmed IMAX. So it makes it easier to shoot tall t- characters? Ye- like framing and stuff like that. Oh, then with other characters, it, it's, uh, I think, the, the ratio, mm-hmm. as we talked about in whatever that episode was. I think Ant-Man. Let's not get back under the ratio. I'm not going to get into it, but the ratios are important. Actually, it was Avengers, the first Avengers, because they talked about the ratio of getting Hulk in the same uh, scenes as other characters. Um, So get this. The reshoots for this movie happened in September of 2018. Wow. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty close. And then... Well, no, this movie's in like what? April 2019. Oh, I mean, that's still a long time. Okay, but what I know ab- I know the editing, I know all of that. But what about if the final reshoots were in January? That's kind of nuts. Yeah, that's pretty that's kind of get close. Um and then that is where on so I did confirm for sure that the I am Iron Man line came at the final reshoots of the movies. Like wow. They, like they were done with the movie and they they added that wow. at the very end. Um so in order for them to break the record you know the movie's just climbing it's climbing you know and it's first weekend it makes 300 million dollars which is obscene that is such an insane amount of money oh yeah um, mike and i couldn't see endgame because we were in hawaii yes the first week so yeah because at any point we were in hawaii we were either doing something 
Or when we got to the other side of Oahu, there was no theater. Yes, because so we were going to see it on the other side of the and island. And then it just would take such, just, just so much time, so much money, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So then we're in the airport, Portland airport, yeah. connecting flight, coming back home. And these pe- the people be sitting behind us like, hey, have you seen Endgame yet? And we, Mike and I immediately just stand up, well, the, walk the, away. Specifically, though, the guy, the guy or this girl turned to this guy who were sitting right behind us. And she, she said that, you know, or, have you seen Endgame? And then he's like, yeah, I have. And he st- he was about to start saying stuff. And I just grabbed Jordan. I said, follow me. Let's go. And because Jordan was like reading a book, didn't even notice. And I was like, we got to get out of here. I heard it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that. I'm so sorry, Jordan. Can we start the entire podcast over? No. I, I am live wire. I'm ready to go. No. So um, in order for them to beat Avatar... They they deleted they released an an they extra the blue people for a big green one and one purple one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You don't need to read the rest of it. <laughs> what I was gonna say though is they released an extended cut of the movie. Yeah, and I wanted to describe what that did. Um, so I believe at the, either at the beginning or the end, um, there was a bunch of footage of Stan Lee on the sets of all the movies. Oh, really? And then there was a, it, you know, it ended with a title that said, Stan, we love you 3000, which of course is from the movie. Um, and then they showed a deleted scene where Hulk was saving a bunch of civilians. He wasn't like totally finished CG cause the scene wasn't released. Um, and it, that would have been the original return of Hulk, I guess in infinity war. Couldn't really get a breakdown of that, and I couldn't find the scene online. I don't so understand. They, they just, they, like, the directors came on, and they're like, hey, here was a deleted scene that was going to be in the movies before Hulk came down to Earth in Infinity War, where he, like, saved a bunch of civilians, and the cop from Die Hard was, like, a commissioner of the NYPD. The cop from Die Hard, do you mean Mel Gibson? No, no, uh, that's... Da- da- Danny Glover? No, that's uh, John Wayne. I mean, not John Wait, John just, McClane. John wait, McClane. Oh, he's a diehard. I'm thinking of Bruce Lethal Willis. Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But the, the is that the movie name? Lethal Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know why I thought about that. Probably because they're both in the '80s. One has one more saxophone than the other. <laughs> I don't know. They might be tied. <laughs> yeah. But um, and hey, listeners, that's a good reminder. You could choose one of those series for us to cover. You really could. But we got to get to ten patrons. Okay. If you're going to please choose Die Hard. I don't know. I love Lethal Weapon. Yeah, it's good. And there's only four instead of five, so. And there's not. I would love to talk about a, a good day to die hard. Are you kidding me? That's the first one I saw. It has Timothy Oliphant in it. That's Live Free or Die Hard. Sure, that yeah. one. That I've seen that one a lot. It was a big Hunt Martinez movie. Yeah. Um. One of my first PG thirteen movies. Whoa, we get it. You saw a PG thirteen movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and then there was a sneak peek of Spider Man. And so that's what they used to get people to come into the theaters and break the record for the movie. I don't understand what you're talking about. They, How are they teasing things? They, they, so they, they, they released like an extended, quote unquote, extended version of Endgame so that they could oh, get people to come back into the theaters. This okay. was like in May, I think. Yeah. Okay. I guess I missed a part because I know that they actually i think it was in june yeah and really it it the movie they didn't change the movie they just added a bunch of like in memoriam 
as a re-release? Basically just so that they can break the record. That's the reason they did it. They can okay. say other things, but it's so that they could beat the record. And you know what? I'm glad they beat it. I like this movie a lot more than Avatar. Um, and then Downey was the only actor who was able to read the full script. Because they trusted him? I get well, probably because he's paying for half the movie. Well, they're paying him the, the, for half the movie or whatever. Whatever I'm trying to say, fill in the blank. Is it so? Is this the movie that Tom Holland spoiled and got in huge trouble, or he leaked mm-hmm. part of the script? Which one was that? Uh, I don't know. I think that was Spider Man, and I just just Homecoming. Yeah, I'm assuming he. I I never actually heard what happened, but I know I heard that like way before these last two movies. So. Because I, I think the whole thing on Infinity War was like they didn't tell him he was going to die until he was on set. Remember um, the last season of Breaking Bad when someone broke into Brian Cranston's car and stole his script? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Did they rewrite stuff? I think, I think they, they rewrote stuff. I think they did. And it was the, la- it was the second half of the last season. Yeah. So it was like the end. Yeah. I remember being so scared when that happened. I know. I was like, someone's going to tell me. Someone's going to tell me. There was a great, there was a Vine guy who had this great ending of Breaking Bad. Like he, like the week before the final episode, he he had a Vine that was like the the final scene of Breaking Bad leaked. And do, do you remember the really large guy who picks pockets, who has the very oddly shaped head? Because mm-hmm. um, if you remember earlier, he's a Better Call Saul too. Yeah, in earlier in that season, they're like, you wait in here. The cops are like, remember they like trick him into giving him information, and they just yeah, have yeah, him yeah. wait in the hotel. And so it did this whole thing, and on the vine, it like shows the title card of Breaking Bad, and then it just shows him in the hotel room. It's just the footage of him sitting there, and then it just says executive producer Vince Gilligan. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, uh, Portman did do audio for this movie. So that's Natalie Portman, just to yeah, so people know. Natalie Portman. She did do audio, no visual. That's all reused footage from Thor the Dark World. So the only thing that she did audio for was do you have any pants? That's it. Pants? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh and then uh Redford. So I I would love you listeners, if anyone wanted to check, uh, I didn't want to go through his filmography and check. But this is the first and only time that Robert Redford has played the same character twice. No way, really? That's what I read. And that was on IMDb. Sometimes Whoa. their trivia is not very accurate, but um, Thank you for your service. I know, that's pretty cool and he, it's one scene. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. And he knocks it out of the freaking park. As he always does. He's a national treasure and he's got the best head of hair in Hollywood according to Jordan and I agree. Him plus Kurt Russell, they're tied. I'm, I decided yeah. after we watched watch the well, thing. Well, uh, Kurt Russell's a little younger, so it's like he's the next generation head of hair. Sure. Who, who's the current head of hair these days? Ooh, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. We will keep you updated, folks. Um, remember Patreon? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and then uh, would you like to know how the I Love You 3000 line came into being? I'm still thinking about hair. No, I don't. I mean, I, yes, I would like to know. Oh, okay. Um, that's something that um, Robert Downey Jr.'s kids have said to him. Oh. And they brought it into the movie. He, uh, you know what that reminds me of? What? I'm going to go back to Harry Potter. Okay. But there's a movie franchise. This thing, I and I, I, I believe it's true. I'm believing that it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Micah got the string from the tea bag in his mouth. Uh, anyway. And uh, and the, the Harry Potter, the Deathly Hallows. Um, everyone should know what happens in these movies at this point because this is a huge spoiler. But 
Um, the whole time Dumbledore knows that Harry is a Horcrux and needs to die at one point. And Snape has, everyone thinks he's always a, a pill and a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's always been the, a good guy because he was in love with Harry's mom and he's always been protecting Harry. Oh, gross. He's always been protecting Harry. Um, he just got a funny way of showing it. Um, and at the end, there in this flashback, Dumble or no, no, Snape does his um, Patronus charm, and it's a doe, which I believe is Lily's okay. charm. And well, I won't get into that. We'll get into that for Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, but Dumbledore looks at it, and he's like, he's like surprised. I hope I'm getting this right. No one tell me if I'm wrong because I I don't care. Um, but he's like, I think he says like Lily or he's just like, he's like this whole time. And Snape just looks at him and he says always. And apparently uh, he would read the books every year or he would read the, the you know, we'd read the books to his grandchildren. Who? Uh, Alan Rickman. Okay. Okay. And there's like this quote or something and it was something that had to do with that line he always would like say it oh okay so it's tied to, like, to him reading it to his kids i think so and that it's been a long time since i've read that blurb but that's just what it reminds me of and it's always just like a really warm spot in my heart yeah oh, snape's my favorite i love that kind of stuff um so i got two more notes for you <laughs> okay so in this movie when tony stark is skinny at the beginning of the movie that's all vfx and um it just made me think about, um, not to bring it up again, but it made me think about Joker <laughs> and how like Joaquin Phoenix like starved himself for the movie. And I, I method acting is cool, but sometimes I like I watch Joker and I'm just like, you could have just had VFX like make it so that you're not being dangerous to yourself. Like, <laughs> way to go, Robert Downey Jr. for not trying to kill yourself for a movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a personal thing of mine. I do like method acting. You know who's worse than him, though? But sometimes it's annoying. Ugh, freaking Jared Leto on Suicide Squad. No, 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 no. In terms of losing weight. Oh, Christian Bale. Yeah. I think yeah. that's probably the, the unhealthiest on film. And I remember thinking that was so cool. I think if I watched the movie now, I'd just be like, I don't think I could ever watch. I've seen it once, and I'm like, nope, can't watch that one again. It also isn't a very good movie. No. I, I remember being like, he did a, he went down to 90 pounds for this movie? Isn't Eva, Eva Mendez in that movie? I don't or know. Or is it some other woman that reminds me of her? It might not be her. I don't think it's else. Eva Mendez. I don't think so either. <laughs> I would have remembered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, and then finally, the creator of Thanos, of the comics, the person who made him up, is in the... Um, His the name's deb- Stanley. <laughs> no. Uh, he's in the depression room that Captain America is running that meeting at the beginning of the movie. Oh. Where the guy talks about his date. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so he's in that meeting. Kind of cool that they put him in there. How old is he? Is he old? Uh, he looks like he's in his 50s. That's not old. No. Maybe 60s. I don't know. So that's that's all the notes I have. And we have already gone over all of these freaking people so we can jump right into the movie. Yeah. So the movie opens, and I, when we saw it, I was like, how are they going to open this movie? Because they have this insane task of, like, re-explaining stuff for the people who either didn't see Infinity War or just haven't watched it since it was in theaters. And then right when it opens on Hawkeye's farm, I'm like, brilliant. Okay. They're already, they already got me good. And smart just because he wasn't in the last movie. Yeah, and now it's, because I remember when you watched, when I watched Infinity War, him 
And um, I believe there's another character that I can't recall right now. They're just not in the movie. Did he... And, um, did Hawkeye, like, quit or take a break because of the the Accords thing? Because of he, Civil War. Yeah, he, like, went back with his family. Yeah. Because of Civil War? Like, well, because well, remember of- in... in um, Age of Ultron, he was secretly living with his family. They get him to come back and help him. And then after that, he's like, no, 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 this isn't for me. And then they're yeah. able to rope him in on Civil War again, but he's like, nah. Okay. He's never really, ever since the first Avengers, he hasn't been wanting to be a part of that life. But um, anyway, so there's another character, I can't remember who though, but they weren't in the other movie. And there was, it's kind of this glaring, like, how come Hawkeye's not in this? Like, and then right when the scene starts, you're like, oh, this is, this is perfect. They, they, this I mean, was so Ant-Man intentional. I mean, wasn't in the movie. It wasn't in oh, the yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, was, that was the other one. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, oh, both of those, you think, oh, they're so intentional that they're not in the movie. That was so smart of them. And it's so crucial that Ant-Man wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, his character would not serve a purpose. Yeah. And um, the Ant-Man spiel that we have talked about before is we don't like the solo movies. He's a perfect side character. But and and this movie cuz I remember going from Ant-Man and the Wasp I was like I don't think I like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. I don't think I like Ant-Man and when I saw him featured in the trailers of Avengers I was like yikes. He looks like he's going to be in a big role and I don't like that character. Then I watched this movie and then after rewatching Civil War as well I'm like oh he actually rules. He just shouldn't have his own movies. Yeah. Because he's so good as a side character. He rules in this movie. Yeah. He is so good. And the connection with the family, amazing. And I think you could potentially not watch either of those two movies and you'd be like, all right. The I'm, only thing that you is important to know is the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, you do kind of need to know about the quantum realm. But really, that movie sucks. It's not good. Boring. Um, but uh, anyway... So then the Marvel card happens and we hear some like 70s or 80s music playing and we cut to Robert Downey Jr. and Nebula Mm -hmm. and they are in the Guardians of the Galaxy Mm -hmm. ship. They're playing paper football. They salvaged enough. Well, yeah, I'm just going to kind of, yeah, they salvaged enough. Like they they found enough parts to um, give them 38 extra hours Mm -hmm. on the ship of oxygen. Um, So... As you can tell, they're starving. Uh, well, he's starving. She's basically a robot. But mm-hmm. um, he, I mean, it's like, so they they just basically barely prolong their life until they're just going to die. Yeah. And he's come to terms with it. He's like made a little video for, or voice memo for um, Pepper, Pots, Pepper. Which is a really great Really, really scene. great. And also, the one thing that I'll probably bring up several times as we go through the plot, this movie expertly i mean expertly um delves like uh, (laughs) this movie very (laughs) i I can't speak are you gonna say how it shows trauma no uh exposition the way the way it delivers exposition is so story driven and character driven that it never gets into that realm where you're like okay they're just doing an exposition dump no yeah even when they are everything's important Everything's important. Which is crazy because you're like, a movie, the movie's three hours. How can everything be important? It all is, um, baby. 23rd movie in this, so everything is important. 
And here's the other thing. So, like, you have this scene where he's talking to Pepper Potts, and it's just emotional. It's great. RDJ is doing his thing. He rules. We love him. 3,000, really. And um, then he's sitting there. It's day 22 that they've been out there. They're running out of oxygen, and he's falling asleep. He's super skinny. And I'm thinking... Super skinny? A superhero super skinny? Uh-huh. And uh, I'm thinking... Before the movie, I'm like, is this movie going to have any time to not be going at 100 miles an hour? Mm-hmm. And then right off the bat, you're like, oh, they're going to take their time with this movie. Mm-hmm. Because there's that shot where he's just sitting there, and then slowly this light lights up on his face. Really cool shot. Really great acting. Captain Marvel shows up. Mm-hmm. And to say, they, they do need to take their time because... The half of the universe's population mm-hmm. was just wiped out. Yeah. And you can't just be like, okay, I'm just going to try, 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 keep trying. And it's like, I mean, they, everyone delivers it super well. Like they lost. Yeah. And they are dealing with it, dealing with it in a emotional way. Not like a, okay, we need to do this right now. I yeah. mean, two days after it happened, they do something about it, but then it's kind of like, well, well, it's it's more like a month after. But okay, but I mean like when they get when they find Iron Man, it's yeah. been 2 days. Yeah. That's what they said 2 days ago this happened. Oh, oh, it, that was That Thanos snapped his fingers. When, uh, that was after he destroyed the stones is what they were talking about in that scene. Oh, okay. Cuz it had been So whatever. It has not since. been that long. Yeah. And um it's just been crazy because it's like in a way it kind of looks like they're trying to keep things together, but at the same time they really don't know what they're doing. And these are the people who are supposed to know everything. Yeah. And and what's just what's so great is they they just they take their time and they've been like they, they just trust they trust that you at this point, if you are watching this movie, you like these characters and you're okay. They're patient. Mm-hmm. Because a lesser I mean really with the what the Rousseaus did, like lesser directors would have made this like A to B to C to D to E, like just a quick, quick, and they probably would have made it more action packed, more like Infinity War, which mm-hmm. Infinity War should have been that way, and it yeah. was. Um, but I was kind of expecting Infinity War in terms of how it was going to play out, like emotionally and and whatnot. But this just breathes, and you have that great scene where Tony's back at Shield and Captain America's there. War Machine's there, Scarlett Johansson's there, Thor, um, and uh, Captain Pe- Marvel. Pepper's there, too. Pepper. And his... Rocket. Rocket, too, yes. Uh, and and uh, Nebula. Mm. <laughs> and Iron Man is just so angry at Steve Rogers. And that, to me, like, makes Civil War a little bit better. Yeah. Because, because seeing that wedge, and he has that great line where he says... Oh yeah, we couldn't stop it because we're the Avengers, right? We avenge. We don't stop anything from happening. We have to go back and take it back, huh? Well, there's no take backs this time, is there, Captain? I needed you, and you were not there. So let me get this straight Crazy. in terms of him being upset with him. And I know they they had a huge falling out, but in Civil War, Iron Man was for the Soviet Accords. Yes, Captain America. Sokovia. Accords, Sokovia. Yeah. Captain America was not. Mm-hmm. And that is a big falling out that they had, among yeah. other things. So does that mean in Iron Man's eyes, he Captain America was unwilling to like answer the call? Well, yes. Because in that same scene in, in this movie, remember he says, like, I said we needed to put a shield around the earth. Okay. 
Okay. And I think part of that is like, well, we do the Sokovia Accords, we can get a little more leverage and yeah. we can do some of these things that I have envisioned. Okay. Which obviously he couldn't have done because last time he tried to do that, he created this robot that tried to destroy the earth. Right, right. Yeah. But it's his emotions. Yeah. And um and he takes off his his heart monitor thing, which he doesn't need anymore, mm-hmm. and and like collapses and you're just like, "Oh, he's done. Where is this movie going?" Yeah. Like like what is this? What's happening? And then they find out that Thanos has snapped his fingers again, and they know what planet he's on. He snapped his... Oh, to, like, get to another planet? Or, or not snapped his fingers, He just put transported, because he... He used the stones, is yeah. what they say, I think. Yeah. Um, and then they go to the planet, and the, the music, again, great job, Mr. Alan Silverstreet, the music, like, picks up, and you're like, okay, here we go, like, something's gonna happen, they're not gonna get him now, but but, you know... Things are going to go, and, and the, the movie's going to start picking up, and then it's going to be action, action, action. I think it's cool that he's on a planet that has no other, like, no, no, not a civilization on it. There's that no they could other tell. life. That means there's forms. no defense. Yeah, it's just no one, him. No one's expecting them. Yeah, so um, they... And then we, yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. So they, they get down there. He, he's just, you can see he's just living in this, like, cabin, cooking food, probably, re- like, resting, like, actually resting. For the first time in his life. And half of him is like... And half of him is like withering away or yeah. withered away because he destroyed the stones and that like killed half of him yeah. pretty much. And so, you know, they get there. They're asking where the stones are. He says he destroyed them. They don't believe them or do they believe them? I don't know. Everyone's really angry now because, you know, it's just, it's really, everyone did a really good job because Thanos snaps his fingers. Half of everyone goes away. Everyone's really angry and confused. And like in this moment, they're able to confront the problem Mm -hmm. and it just furthers their anger and confusion because he did something that's irreplaceable. Yeah. Like at least like, okay, he snaps his fingers, but you still get the stones from him. Uh Like now it's like he's defenseless as we can see on this planet. Yeah. But he's already done the thing that you can't take back. And I think it's great when, well, first of all, I really like that moment with Nebula you know, when someone's like, he's lying, and Nebula said, my father is not a liar. He's many things, but he is he's, no liar. Yeah. yeah, and he, I just think, I just really like that moment that he has Thanos and her have together, mm-hmm. and then Thor decapitates him. Yeah, and then and then Rocket says, what did you do? And he goes, I went for the head. Yeah. Referencing the previous movie, yikes. Yeah. And you're like, okay, obviously time travel is going to have to take place because what now? But when I first saw the movie, I didn't think that that, I mean, I just didn't know. Cause, because no, I really in didn't this, know either. In this I'm just universe like, of things, I didn't think, be, besides the time stone, which is destroyed, I didn't <laughs> yeah, think yeah. I didn't think that, ti- I wouldn't, that didn't even enter my mind as a possibility because it's not a world in which that has been constructed. Mm-hmm. Maybe in Ant-Man and the Wasp they explained it, but seriously, that movie is a bunch of, jargon crap that who knows what they said um so the, but, but then what's what's one of the brilliant strokes of the movie is the the movie fades to black and it's just five years later and you can feel like when you were in the theater both times i saw it in theaters you could feel this like oh yeah like from the audience like wait i don't we we didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. And I love that it opens on a quiet New York. Mm-hmm. And they show the the I'm assuming that's the Hudson or the Bay, I don't know, Hudson yeah. Bay or something and they you see all these boats. And you see these whales swimming by. You see these whales and then you see this auditorium that is very empty. Mm-hmm. 
with just a small group of people. So it's like a folk, like a like a focus group. It's Not like, a focus group. Well, it's like a uh, it's like a, a traumas group where they just discuss their trauma. Yeah. Um, a grief, grief, grief counseling grief. stuff, and um, it's just it's a really great moment for Captain America because he's like in a way leading this group, counseling these people in a way, mm-hmm. saying like basically we need to move on. Yeah. It's happened. It's been five years. Great acting. You need to keep Chris. moving on. You can just see in his eyes that he has not moved on. Even from 1945 or whatever <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. when he lost the love, of, like he he was separated from the love of his life and he'll never get her back. Like he, he still has not even got over that. Mm-hmm. Um, good job, Chris Evans. Um, and then the director of the movie, one of them, yeah. is sitting there and he talks about a date that he went on where him and he was on this date with this guy and they start crying in the middle of the date. And you, you just see how this world it's now normal. is like, they were like, everyone has trauma. Cause like, he's like, he cried when we got the salad and they were like, when did you cry? Like, was I, like, got I cried when we got the dessert. Like, but we, I'm going to see him again. And yeah. Steve says, you know, that's good. That's good. Um, people are trying to move on and it's, and there's, you know, there's a, there's a poster, good world building that says like, what do we do now that they're gone? Yeah. And, and it's just the whole world has to grapple with this. But what's interesting is, um, I think, I don't know if it's the next scene, but pretty soon into this, Cap meets with um, Black Widow, and he talks about how he sees, like, whales in the Hudson and, like, the water's cleaner and stuff. So I remember you saying this uh-huh. after we got out of the movie, that, like, Thanos is... here. The weird thing is, like, Thanos was... He was right. Uh-huh. Like, it the world was starting to correct itself. And not only, not only Earth, just probably the universe. Yeah. Not probably, for sure. Like, the universe is, like, better off because of less population. I mean, of course, not really. Mm-hmm. Like, like scientifically, sure. Yeah. But that's it. And it, it's kind of like uh, Watchmen, how yeah. they, like, they're trying to unite the world. So Ozymandias like makes a very terrible thing happen so that all the countries have to stop nuclear, the cold war. Mm-hmm. It's because it, you're like, what you did was wrong, but the outcome was right. Mm-hmm. That's stuff like to a, wrestle it's with. It's like a good Chuck Palahniuk book. <laughs> yeah. Usually you, with mo- in most books of his I've read, it's like, yeah, I agree with that, but I can't agree with that. That's <laughs> yeah. not right. And then nihilism. We see the little van from the Ant Man movies and a rat who doesn't get enough credit because without He's this MVP rat, of the movie. without this rat, that nothing happens and everybody just moves forward. Um, he steps on a control, and Ant Man is taken out of the quantum realm. And then we see Ken Jong from Community, another Community reference from Joe and Anthony Rousseau. And uh, then he is like, he has no idea what's going on because he experienced it. It was 15 hours for him. Five, the five years. Oh, it was five hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Even So even he's, in, he's still in San Francisco. Obviously, his car was impounded. Mm-hmm. So he gets out and he's just going back to, I mean, he, he sees that the world's in disarray. And then in San Francisco, he, he finds um, a memorial. Which is such New a cool to him, thing. Never seen them. Like hit to him. It's like, when did they do this? Yeah. Because I'm sure he was like, how long has it been? And then he sees all these names. He sees his name. And now he's like, okay, where's my daughter? Yeah. And then the music does this thing on the violins. And it's like this really beautiful thing that you kind of wish he ran for another three minutes because I just want to hear that song keep yeah, going. Yeah, it was so good. So he goes to his his daughter's house. Thank goodness she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's you know they they share their moment and then he's like okay now i gotta go and, I gotta and, go find the Avengers and figure this out. And he has that great, great thing where he's hugging her, and all he says, they're both crying, and he's like, "You're so big," mm-hmm. which is just such a human moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, he goes to the Avengers, and he only is met. So before that is when Scarlett Johansson's talking to on a hologram. Um, yeah, Rocket, um, Brie Larson, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle. Um, warrior, pr- warrior from uh, uh, Black Panther. Yeah, from Wakanda. Yeah. Um, basically, she's keeping tabs on what they're doing because they're like out there, either in the world or the galaxy, trying to just assess what's going on and mm-hmm. helping people if they need help. And I, I like that's when they they when um, Captain Marvel's like, you know, like I won't see you guys for a while, and and Rocket's kind of like, oh, what's more important than this? And she's like, the the universe. There are other planets suffering like this one. Yeah. So it's like, okay, really good putting that into perspective. Also, really important that she is gone until the end of the movie. Yeah. It makes total sense. Also, well, like, it, I'm glad that she wasn't in the movie for very long because she's barely been in this franchise. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't have quite the connection we have with her that we do with literally any other character because yeah. she had her first movie two months before this movie came yeah. out three but um the the other thing is i i listened to this uh q a with uh steven uh christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely and they they talked about like the guy asked like about captain marvel because before the movie came out there was much i think people expected her to be in the movie way more than yeah. she was because she was in a lot of the advertising there was yeah. that shot of the th- the axe coming next to her and then like you know at the end of infinity war it it you see her insignia and you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to be like the key to this whole thing. And she, she, she's just the do ex machina, but she does save Tony, which is part the of ex machina. Um, but I mean, at the beginning she said, oh, I guess that is still, yeah. yeah. Okay. I see. Are you about this one now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, but I, I think she, um, the, the writers were kind of like, you know, she's really powerful. Like comic book wise. She's like one, one of the more powerful, um, people and she's kind of more powerful than a lot of our avengers we just had to figure out a way to sign her sideline her for the movie yeah. so that she so that we could like actually tell a story which i thought was kind of funny to see into the insight because it to me it actually feels really natural when i watch the movie i'm like I that agree. makes sense yeah totally. and, and since her movie does deal with earth but it deals with a lot of other things besides earth and the scroll mm-hmm. people you're like yeah i buy it yeah but she's got to do a bunch of other stuff yeah totally so and she even says like you won't be able to hear from me because i'll be like way far out yeah yeah and then um that's when don Cheadle tells um black widow like he's he was in mexico he's in mexico he's found a ton more bodies in this warehouse they're all cartel people and they say someone's name that you probably have never heard of although you technically have barton yeah and you're like huh how many who <laughs> and then you're supposed to know that that's black or that's hawk eye um and then basically you find out that like so his family's gone it's black hawk down he, he's black hawk <laughs> down he he learns about the blip and then he's like oh so all these bad people just get to stay i'm just gonna go kill them ruthlessly I'm not even gonna give them a fair trial they're dead See, so he's been killing people what, what's cool though is i think the implication is is more not that he's just killing bad guys but he is upset that good people are gone and bad people are not like, like his, 
that, that Thanos' mind, is, justice was not fair. It was no. I mean, well, yeah, you're right. But it was, so he's correcting it. But to Thanos, it's fair because it's random. Yeah. Yes. But that's that's what what's just so brilliant about this movie is each person deals with the trauma in such a different way. You know, like Steve can't get past it. Natasha's like, this is the only family I've ever had, and a lot of them are gone now. I don't even know what to do except for just keep my head down and keep working. Iron Man finally accepts getting a family, and he at least attempts to rest. So he's, like, actually becoming a better person mm -hmm. after this. Uh, Hawkeye's like, no way. Like, I'm killing these bad guys. And then and two interesting things about hair. Uh, yeah. That's important to <laughs> yes, this. Yes, this is important. Um, first of all, Scarlett Johansson's... It's just interesting because her hair changes so much from every movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, her hair is like grown, grown out a ton, yeah. which shows the depression and the five years and the depression mo more than yeah. that, the depression, uh -huh. um, cause she doesn't care about that. Yeah. And then, um, Hawkeye's got one of the dumbest haircuts yeah. you've seen because he's a middle-aged man he and looks, he has a he mohawk. He looks like he's opening for Skrillex at the EDM festival. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you, I guess you're kind of twisted now. <laughs> Don't need to convey that in a haircut. See, and I talked about, I think it would have been cooler because if he doesn't care about his appearance, what would have been cooler is if he had a re either a really bad shaved haircut that looked like he uh -huh. did it himself poorly, or if he was completely bald because he's just like, whatever, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just need this hair out of my face so I can fight all these bad guys. Yeah. But having like a cool hairstyle, which is not cool. I've never liked that hairstyle, but it's pretty goofy. Yeah. And, and he... Jeremy Renner is not someone like Chris Evans who can pass for like younger than his age. Jeremy Renner looks like I don't know. He I looks think like he's, a dad. He, he looks, looks like, like he's forty four. Yeah. He looks like he's a healthy forty four. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like okay, whatever. Yeah, weird. Um, and then but speaking again to trauma, the other cool thing is that Ant Man hasn't experienced the five years, so he's the one who's like, no, we can fix this mm -hmm. because he has only been gone for fifteen hours, and five. he's like, or five five hours. Yeah, so he, he finds, he goes to the Avengers base talking to Chris Evans, a black widow, about, like, time travel could potentially exist. Maybe there's, like, someone who can help us, meaning Iron Man. Yeah. So they go plead their case to Iron Man. Iron Man's like, nope. And they leave. And they're just well, like, he's just given up, man. And it's like, well, no, he has, he, his life is kind of better off than it was. Yeah. Because he just chose. Cabin I mean, on the lake. Which, in a way, it, but you can tell. Not totally, because um, the whole story arc with Iron Man has been like he, besides his ego, grappling with like when is it enough? When can mm -hmm. he be done and when can he rest? So it's been five years. He has a really cute daughter, really happy life with Pepper. And even still, you can like when he figures out the time travel thing and he tells Pepper, he's like, I can just throw it into the bottom of the lake. I can just do that. And then she's just like, will you be able to rest? And you know he won't. Yeah. So really and great. And that's that's there. when she kind of steps up as like she like matures. I, or she didn't mature. She was already mature. But yeah, but it's yeah. like, you know, she's been wanting him to stop. Yeah. Which rightfully so, because half of the issues are his own problems and his ego. Yeah. But this time she recognizes that like, no, you have a chance to do something like completely selfless. Oh, and I just realized that's crazy. That he yeah, he's usually so motivated by his selfishness. And this is the one time in the like one of the few times in the series where he is doing something out of selflessness because he has everything to lose and nothing to gain by doing this. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so they finish <laughs> his arc. We just got better. <laughs> um, 
And it's something Jordan and I finally noticed, which maybe you're listening to this and you're like, duh. But at the beginning, his daughter Morgan is in an Iron Man outfit that's blue. And Iron Man says, I'm making that for your mom. Like, stop playing with that. Uh And I just thought that it was like just the face mask thing. But it's the suit that she wears at the end of the movie. And even and he, though, he says, oh, your mom never wears anything I get her anyway. And so and she that's like my biggest complaint with the movie. And I was like, okay, they did cover their basis on this. Yeah. I'll let it pass. Yeah. I'll let this one slide because they did kind of put the gun in the closet on that one. Yeah, they totally the did. Um, then we see Professor Hulk. So now Bruce Banner, the way he's coped with it is he's finally accepting who he is. Mm-hmm. And he's becoming the Hulk. Mm-hmm. But he's also staying the same. And guess what? I love Professor Hulk. I think Professor Hulk is cool. I love... That was another moment for me where I was like, if if we have made 23 Marvel movies and they don't have the audacity to make Professor Hulk, what the heck was all this for? Because these movies should be kind of weird. And they shouldn't be that... They should not like be completely realistic. So when I looked at Professor Hulk, I was like... Yes, <laughs> that yeah, is what I wanted. Funny. That is so cool. So when when um, Tony rejects them, that's when they go to Bruce and they're like, hey, Bruce, is this possible? Right? Mm-hmm. That's what happens. And yeah. Bruce is kind of like, eh. No, he's like, let's he's do into it. it. He's into yeah, it. Yeah, remember? Oh, yeah, because they're, that's right, that's right. Because then they um, try it with Ant-Man like and that's when he turns into a baby and an old man and stuff. And then Tony yeah. shows up. And because he, he's like, oh, did he turn into a baby? Yeah. But before that, Tony saw a picture of Spider-Man and he also had the whole thing that we talked about with Pepper and he figured out how to fix how to fix the time dilation stuff or whatever and his daughter says i love you 3000 which is so incredibly sweet and then he goes there and him and cap kind of make up mm-hmm. on the he street he gives captain back his shield he gives it back his shield which come on that's freaking cool because talk, talk he about broke a peace offering. he broke his shield in the yeah. last time they were together uh, well, in Civil War, anyway, and then and then there's that thing where Steve says something along the lines of, uh, "Like, I hope you can rest" or something like that, and then and then and then uh, or uh, Robert Dan- one of them says something that kind of foreshadows that like Captain America will like retire. I don't um, remember, but I don't remember what was said. But okay, yeah, not necessarily foreshadowing, but they say something where when you watch it another time, you're like, oh, cool, yeah, mm-hmm. th- I like that. Um, probably not really helpful to not have it specifically um, told. Now it just sounds like I'm That's talking okay. about nothing. So fast forwarding, um, they need to so that it works, but they need to test it. So mm-hmm. Hawkeye is, volunteers to test it, and and he has that really cool martial arts scene that they fake a wonder. That's very cool. Keep going. Then, yeah, and he tells Scarlet, don't give me hope, and she says, I'm sorry, I couldn't give you hope sooner. Great. Great. Anyway. And, and what's cool is they're establishing, like, their bond yep. again yep. because they have to break that bond. Yep, 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 yep. Um, <laughs> so then he tests it. They they send him back to his house at, an, I mean, at a time that was before the blip, and he hears his daughter, oh. and right before he can see her, he is taken back to the present. And yeah. it's like, okay, it works because he has his child's glove. It like it works. Um, what's great too, be kind of before this, more of in a montagey kind of thing as they're getting everything together. They they really talk about. They reference a lot of time travel movies and yeah. kind of say like that doesn't work because of this or like don't you're that doesn't work. Why are you bringing up that movie? And they're just saying all these things like because of these movies we know this these things and Bruce is like this is how it works. 
And this is Period. smart because yeah. th- this scene, that scene is basically them trying to like keep in mind like how everyone is going to go into this movie when they start doing time travel. And Bruce says like when you go to the past, your, your past, past becomes your present and then future. Uh, your the present that you just left is your future past or it's something like that. Like you can't change that because you're the person that left that timeline basically. And then later Tilda Swinton will say that they like create branch timelines, Uh which is, um, alternate realities, alternate realities, which is why they tricked everyone with Mysterio and Spider-Man home far from home with the, um, like the alternate universes. Cause it seemed like they were setting that up in this movie. Yes, that's right. And then right, when, that's, that's right. why when he turns out to be Mysterio, even though we all knew that anyway, uh, but so then another montage scene. Well, what we haven't mentioned at all is Thor. Oh yeah. Okay. I was, that's what I was forgetting. That's what I was forgetting. Cause Hulk and rocket yeah. go to Norway where new Asgard is. Yeah. Which we realized that's where, um, that's where Odin it's died. Norway? Yeah. He was in, they were in Norway. Oh, I think it was Norway, but it, it was Assumed where Odin it was like died, Scotland which is so cool. Oh, I think it is Scotland. Just because of Celtic folklore. And that's where Odin was. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but Thor has dealt with it by, he can't even hear the name Thanos without freaking he out. He's been overeating. Over drinking. And here's something I want to point out. There was a little bit of flack for the movie for fat shaming. Now, I couldn't disagree with this more, and I did count on my hand. There are two fat jokes in this whole movie, and they're both by like wisecracking people who typically make fun of people in the movies. And why why can't some why can't they have a physical? Why yeah? Why can't they have a visual representation of depression in the movie? Like See, I think why why like Scarlett Johansson's hair is like grown out. That's yeah. one visual representation. It's really I really like that they did that. Why can't they make someone fat? Yeah. And then also, I think it's so interesting that it's Thor of all of them because he's a god. Yeah. Because it's like the most like human thing someone like yeah. can do, like being, like getting to that he's, weight. He's not even, a, I mean, obviously from Ragnarok and his previous movies, he is not above loss and trauma. Yeah. He, he has lost, he's gone through so much trauma, like a lot of them, but like, I feel like we've seen in his story presently more loss than the other ones. Yeah. Would you agree? Just because oh, yeah. he's had more movies. Oh, yeah. So it's like, why can't he like finally just be like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm just going to eat pizza all day and drink beer. Yeah. And to one extent you're like, yeah, I guess you've earned it. <laughs> yeah. But you do see that the, the issue that, that like, I think Hulk kind of plays upon is like, not, it's not that he is fat. It's like, we know what you what you are and what you love and this is not you yeah and your body is reflecting that yeah um so i don't think it is that having said that i don't i'm a skinny person so you know but i I don't think it is a fat shaming movie i think it would have been fat shaming if at the end of the movie when he gets his axe if he was skinny magically yes yes then it would have but he is fat until the end of the movie yeah and the fact that they stuck to that i just think is so shall i say ballsy yeah Anyway, so they find out that the time traveling things work thing works. Okay. Then they're like, Oh, sorry. So then they're like, okay, now we need to figure out where all the time stone or where all the stones are in time. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's quite a long, long being like 10 minutes of a montage of them figuring it out. And it's 
it's just so great that they did that because we needed to remember all these things to, yeah. to validate the 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 story structure. And then just that moment when Black Widow is just like, "Wait, you're saying there was a time stone? Wait, there are three time stones at one time in New York." And they're all like, oh my gosh. Yeah, which just makes it a lot easier. Well, you would think. Makes it a lot easier yeah. for them. So they figure it all out. They assign people to all the stones. Mm-hmm. And then they all go do it. Yeah. So, and they only have enough um, PIM serum stuff to get there and back yeah. for one round trip. Yeah. And then what is just so great is when it says New York 2012 in my head, I'm like, my head kind of exploded. Yeah. I'm just like, are you serious? Are they actually doing this? And this is when you could get into like, maybe you could do an argument about nostalgia or maybe you could do an argument about fan service. But I'm telling you, they freaking earned this whole middle sequence. And and it is like reflective on what was going on. It's not Mm -hmm. just doing it for no purpose. Like when I watched this, it, it was hard to remind myself that they didn't have every single movie planned out to this point, 100%. Because yeah. when you watch this movie, you're like, this is too perfect. Like, how did they, how did they do this? Sure I mean, tight. again, Christopher and Steven, the writers, a, amazing job. Yeah. Um, and then they have to go to Dark World, where we see that Natalie Portman didn't want to be involved except for audio. And That's because the, the red, the reality stone... Yeah. Is like, uh, it's in her, but we see from Dark World. Um, yeah. So how do we talk about this part of the movie? Because it's pretty complicated. Let's just go uh, each timeline. Let's just go through it till they're back. And then we'll do the next one. Okay, well, Thor's easiest. So yeah. they go to Thorn Asgard, Rocket. Thor and Rocket, go to Asgard. Thor's freaking out, just wants to drink wine. Rocket slaps and tells him to get it together. Thor can't get it together. Rocket goes, goes and gets the stone out of Natalie Portman by himself mm-hmm. while Thor is talking to his mom, which he shouldn't be, but he's talking to his mom um, basically about how terrible he's doing and all, how terrible everything is and how his, his mom's like, she basically gives him confidence back. Yeah. And then he, it, it's a, like, it's so well done that he didn't actually do it. He didn't contribute because yeah. he still couldn't and he needed his mom. He just needed his mom. And, um, I also really like too that he's trying to warn her that she's going to die today and yeah. she won't let him tell her. I mean, I just assume that she knows. Yeah. Or does she know that she's she knows, a witch? So she's she knows like, that she should, it's not important. And she's like, this is how it's got to be. And then, yeah. and he, he's been struggling with like, he has this burden of being a God and he is a fallen God basically. Like, what's he going to do? They get the stone and then he goes, wait a second. And he reaches out his hand and the hammer from dark world comes in and you're like, oh my gosh, and he goes, I'm still worthy. Yeah. And that's a beautiful moment. Yeah. And then you're like, but what is Thor going to do that's in what I think. Dark World? But then you find out later that Cap brings it back to him. That's what Cap was oh, doing. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's so, right. um, and, and then another thing that I uh, wanted to mention, but I, uh, oh, yes. Again, speaking about the Natalie Portman thing, the reason I'm so concerned about this next Thor movie that she is supposed to be like becoming the thor is that she didn't participate in this movie except for audio like we said and you might go well maybe she wasn't available or something like that but they got robert redford to reprise a role something of which he's never done in his life and he is a retired actor and i'm sure he shot it beforehand but still they got robert redford 
So I'm pretty sure Natalie Portman doesn't like being in these movies. That is my theory, and that's Money why grab. I'm just going to say I bet Thor 4 is going to kind of suck. Unfortunately. I don't want it to. I'd like them to finally make one that's like through and through good, but I I think it's going to suck. Unfortunately. Anyway, going back to the movie. Um, one moment that I like too was when Rocket is trying to get to, to talk Thor up and doing this thing. Mm-hmm. He mentions, he's like, hey man, you're not the only one who's lost people. I'm trying to get the only family I've ever had back. Rocket's motivations. Mm-hmm. Not like he needed to say it. Clearly defined though. And then we were taking, taken to, I forget the planet's name, but at the beginning of Guardians 1, when Peter is on the planet to get the, yes. the um, power stone. <laughs> so it's original, like at first it's Nebula, Don Cheadle, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye uh-huh. and Black Widow go from that planet to Vormir to get the soul stone. Mm-hmm. So we're on this planet for the beginning of Guardians 1. Nebula and Don Cheadle uh, knock Peter out because he is listening to his Walkman. And, yeah, and they hilarious. do that cutaway where, you know, we hear the music and it's replaying Guardians. And it's and him just singing to, and it's just silent. <laughs> and he's like out of tune. And then Tom Judo's like, so he's an idiot. Yeah. So, so they get the, they get the power stone. Um, and right. So Don Cheadle's like, Hey, let's go back. He goes back, but before Nebula can, and before this, they kept doing a lot of cutbacks. There's so many storylines. Um, Neb- Nebula- the, the plan is called Morag, by the way. Morag. I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> So basically, so throughout this time, <laughs> geez, ne- present Nebula and past Nebula have been like interfering with each other. Yeah. And in a way, I feel like it, it's just cool because I feel like it's, I mean, Nebula's already turned good at this point, but it's like, is in a way, is it she's interfering with destiny? And that's why Nebula, the past Nebula, mm-hmm. is getting this interference because it's as if she is stepping away from her destiny. And that is affecting the past. Okay. That's yeah. how I see it. Okay. Um, which That's I, cool. yeah. So then, um, so f- past Thanos, past Gamora, past Nebula, find out that they are going back in time to get the soul stones with or all the stones. Mm-hmm. And Thanos discovers his destiny has been fulfilled. Yeah. And now he has, he has a new purpose. Let them get the stones and he will continue to let his destiny be fulfilled by like, once they get the stones, I'll get them again and destroy them. Mm-hmm. And um, whew. so Nebula is captured by them. Period. Then we go to Vormir. Yeah, you want to take that one over? So when we're in Vormir, um, they uh, Hawkeye and and uh, I always want to say Scarlet Witch because Scarlet Johansson, Black Widow, uh, go. They see the Red Skull. They go up to the top, and he tells them that one of them is going to have to die. You have to lose something—a soul for cool a soul. Because this is the second time we've been here, and you would think, like, doesn't someone know at this point that like someone has to sacrifice someone to get this stone? No one ever discovered that besides Thanos and Gamora, and one of them's dead. Actually, both yeah. of them are dead. Yeah, all they know is that he went there, and Gamora wasn't there. They don't know how it, it didn't happened. come back. Yeah, and um, also, what was cool again, another score thing. The, when Hawkeye and um, Black Widow meet in, I think it was in Tokyo, part of the Soul Stone theme plays, like a couple of notes from it. In that scene? Really? Yeah. It, it's either that scene or another scene that they share. So it's like That's he's crazy. hinting at that, that they have to go there. 
And then they like fight because neither one of them wants the other one to go. Mm -hmm. And Scarlet is like, I like, this is my family. I have to do this for them. And he's like, I've and done. And he still has a family to fight for, to, yeah. to stay but, but alive. But he's for. like, I've done so much bad. You saw what I did. did. And she has such a bad past. And uh-huh. she's like, she's like, I don't judge people on their worst mistakes. And you're like, dang. And I'm thinking to myself, I thought I didn't like this character. Yeah. And as we discussed in Civil War, we're, we're Black Widow. We're pro Black now. Widow. Um, and then Scarlet falls to her death, and Jeremy Renner gets to Soulstone. Now, one thing I do want to mention is after seeing this movie for a third time, I am excited to see Black Widow, but I really feel like this this was like I don't I don't need that movie. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. I understand what you're about to say. We don't have time to talk about that. <laughs> okay. I'm, and I'm just I'm just gonna nip that one in the bud because when that movie comes out, we can talk about it then. <laughs> okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's enough of a sentence for me okay, to say. Okay, okay. It's just, this is such a long movie. <laughs> We're like halfway through it. Um, yeah, this is an extra long Let's one. Let's go to Earth. How about? Um, yeah, you take over for Earth. <laughs> okay. So I'll on... take over when they go back in time a second time. Cool. Don't forget about Hulk. Go ahead. Okay. We're on Earth. It's 2012, which means it's the first Avengers movie. <laughs> and we see the that that epic shot of the original Avengers from the first Avengers they're movie. They're just dunking at this time. Yeah. And then they're they're now they all have to split up and go do what the get the stones that they need to get. And pretty funny because they're like, Okay, Hulk, you just gotta smash things. Like look like Hulk. Yeah. And he just goes over to a car and he kinda kicks it. And, he and he's like, picks I up think a- it's gratuitous, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So Hulk goes, his job is to go to, what's it called? I mean, Dr. Strange's house before it's Dr. Strange's house. Yeah, I the sanctum. The sanctum. Yeah. And at that time, Tilda Swinton is the one in charge of that sanctum. Yeah. And, and she's like fighting some of the things. And so you're like, wait, so she was there during the Battle of New York, like also fighting stuff, protecting the sanctum. Uh, cool. Yeah. She's <laughs> sweet. So... He is, you know, trying to talk her out of it. And is like, hey, I'm just going to take this thing no matter what. And she pushes him outside of Hulk. Yeah, so now it's so Bruce cool. Banner and Hulk. And she just so it's like to talk to Bruce is like spirit. spirit. Uh-huh. So uh, I want to watch the movie again right I know, now. That, that's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes actually is their thing. Yeah. And I, I just feel like because the Doctor Strange, I like funny enough, those movies are that movie's so logical. Yeah. That I just I just really like their conversation about it. So be, partly it's, too it's is because all, she knows yeah. probably more than anyone else. Yeah. At this point. Or and just what's in general. also cool is like with Hulk, he doesn't get a lot of time to like shine on his own besides yeah. being Hulk. So to see him just use his intellect, like talking to another person that's not an Avenger and reason with them is kind of thrilling. It's easy to forget that Bruce Banner's a scientist. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Especially as a Hulk Bruce Banner now. Mm-hmm. But um Professor Hulk. Well, um <laughs> so he he so they're they're discussing it and he he's explaining pretty much everything that's happened and why he's here and why it's so important. Yeah. And she explains to him at that point that you guys are creating different realities at this point. And if you take this this soul stone away from me right now, you are creating a reality that will have negative repercussions on everything else. Yeah, and she's when she pulls the thing, you're thinking if they pull out the time stone, then that one beast the the ma not ma whatever from doctor strange would succeed and take over all of earth oh so i didn't even think about yeah, that yeah she's thinking about that because remember she saw into the future and saw how she was gonna die so she already knows about that threat yeah she probably knows how doctor strange stops him that's why she gives him the time stone and then um yeah 
so you know all of that well what's great is um he gets the uh, thor or hulk gets to the sanctum and he's like where's dr strange she's like oh he's performing surgery a couple blocks away because it's 2012 yeah, yeah you're not, about five years early she yeah says. he's not he's not the dr strange yet yeah um which means he has to deal with her mm-hmm. um so as as she's explaining that to him he basically he, he gets to a point where he's like, yeah, you've got me. I don't know how to come combat your argument, but why would he? Why would Doctor Strange just give up the stone? And she's to Thanos. Like, to Thanos. And she was like, what did you say? He's like, he just gave up the stone. And she's just was like, why would he do that? And he's like, I don't know. Like maybe he made a mistake. Maybe he just gave up. And then she's like, or maybe I made a mistake uh-huh. by not giving. Like maybe she will be making a mistake right now by not giving Hulk Bruce the yeah. stone. Therefore, that convinces her you need to take the stone, and of course, it will be brought back to her. Yeah, it'll be because re- that's how he explains that to her that it'll be returned. Yeah, at the, this exact like if anything in this moment, it'll be returned. I can't wait for Doctor Strange too. I know I got so excited about <laughs> it. Um, so then that is con- so then he gets the stone complete. Okay, I'll take over. Cool. So now. Then, then Robert Downey Jr. goes up into Avengers Tower. It's after the events. Loki's getting taken away. And there's a great scene where Cap is in the elevator, and you're thinking, oh, they're going to have another elevator fight. But he just says, hail Hydra, because he knows that they're Hydra this time around. Yeah. Takes the case. He fights himself because himself thinks he's Loki. I'm just being really bullet pointy here. Yes, um, Earlier, Ant-Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr. says, man that costume did nothing for your ass. And Ant-Man says, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. And that's one of the best lines in any of the movies. And then when Captain America beats Captain America, he looks at him and he's like, that is is America's America's ass. (laughs) And there's just that great moment where they're fighting and the the Captain America from 2012 goes, I could do this all day. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) And you see how he's grown and he's a little less like, 1940s Captain America. Yeah. And it's just great. And yeah. that's another like Professor Hulk where I'm like, cool. If if we can't have this in a Marvel movie by this point, these movies shouldn't exist. Right. I'm just like, yes, he's fighting himself. I'm pumping my fist, just going, heck yeah. And then they try to get the stone. They fail. Loki gets away with the Tesseract into his own show on Disney Plus. Seriously? Yes. They they got Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, that's one of the Disney Plus shows that oh, they announced. So they um, got Tom freaking Hiddleston, and we can just assume that it's it once he portals away, it's his adventures after that, which is perfect because he wouldn't want to run into the Avengers ever. So he can just do his own thing, and they could make the show last however they want, and they still have this beloved character. Brilliant move on their part. Also makes sense to the story. So they get the Time Stone, and then the, and they have the scepter. And they're like, but we don't have the Tesseract. What are we going to do? And we only have enough pin particles to go, we can't do anything. Then Robert Downey Jr. is like, wait a second. My dad had the Tesseract. They go back in time again. And plotting-wise, quick note, really cool that they, they do run into issues. And it's just enough that you are really on the edge of your seat. Like, I don't know how they're going to pull this mm-hmm. off. This heist is crazy. It's a time heist. And so... Captain America and him go back. He gets closure with his dad. He gets to actually interact with his dad before he was born. And then Captain America sees Peggy Carter again. Question. Shirley from the office, uh, from Parks and, uh, from Community is there. Your question. So why did they need the scepter if they just needed the Tesseract? Uh, The scepter was another stone. Really? Yeah. So there's the... The Tesseract's like the portal stone. Yeah, that's the space stone. Space. Then you have the time stone, uh, soul stone. 
the What's oh yeah, the scepter is the mind stone. That's the one that later oh, turns into. I guess into just because they both look blue. Yeah, but when you break it, it's yellow. I think. Oh okay. No, yeah. soulstone's yellow, so it's probably orange or something. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that that stone is vision. How weird is that? Yeah. Like later becomes him. Yep. Anyway, they do all that. They go back. Everyone's like, "Woohoo! We did it!" Um, meanwhile, Sneaky Nebula has snuck on. And everyone finds out that Black Widow died. Yeah, and that's a great moment where everyone's like, did we pull it off? Did we pull it off? And then they're like, where's where's Natasha? Hulk says it first, too, which yeah. kind of reminds you of their connection. Yeah. Hulk and Natasha, and you're like, oh, no. They get sad, and then they finally are like, cool, we can fix it. They put the thing on. Hulk snaps his fingers, and the way they introduce their so success quiet. is beautiful. Yeah. Um, because you go, Ant-Man walks outside, or walks outside this corridor, and he sees, like, all these birds around this tree, these hummingbirds. And you're like, oh. And then Hawkeye gets a phone call from his wife, which almost, I was getting close to tearing up on that one mm-hmm. when we watched it. Because you're just like, oh, my gosh. And the way he answers the phone, great acting mm-hmm. on Renner's part. He's just like, hello. You know, he better than that. It's so it, I mean, almost as good as what I just did. Um, and then Nebula has snuck in Thanos's ship from 2014, and then there's this big final Return of the King, Black Gate, Return of the King, open door. Like this is the epic showdown. They bomb Avengers headquarters, and it is destroyed, and everyone's uh-huh. under the rubble. Uh huh. And um, Rocket is pinned under rubble. And Hulk is trying to hold up walls so that him and him, Rocket and Don Tootle aren't drowning. And then Hawkeye is the one who is close to the the Infinity Stones and he takes it and starts running because these aliens are running after him. And then uh, at one point, Iron Man and Captain America find Thor and Thanos is in the rubble sitting and waiting mm-hmm. for them. And well, wait for the Infinity Stones because he tells Nebula, "Go get the Infinity Stones," and she's like, "What will you do?" And he says, "I will wait." And then, and then Cap and Thor and um, Iron Man are like, "I think it's a trap." And then, and then uh, I think Thor's like, "I don't care." Well, I think it's, I think it's um, Iron Man. He goes, "I don't much care." And then he goes forward, and they start fighting him. And you're like, this is pretty cool. And it's kind of comic booky action. Like totally. you, can, you can see like how the panels, panels are. Yeah. I mean, I think they did a really good job on this more than any of the other movies they directed. Yeah. Um and uh so you know, all of this stuff is going on. And then And you actually like I actually forget that they just brought everyone back in this moment because it's like Thanos is here, yeah. Avengers headquarters is bombed, nothing else matters but not you and, know and it's not in daylight let us uh, not mention. in daylight there's it's a nice color palette moody. like golden and and gray yeah so then thanos's army comes up and it's like okay you see that he is an entire fleet yeah of aliens and cool gorilla troll looking things <laughs> yeah those things are awesome and then it's just the god the people uh-huh. and then and what's cool is when um, Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man are fighting Thanos, and they're doing pretty poorly because yeah. he's really strong. Um, at one point, he like knocks Iron Man to the side, and Iron Man goes to the side, and you hear someone talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, you hear a woman say something, and then um, little battle continues for like two more minutes, which is a long time. And then Captain America's down, and you hear someone. You hear Falcon 
Yeah. Saying like, Cap, where are you? And you're just like, oh my gosh, it's Falcon. Like he's, and he then, was gone. And then a magic ring opens up and Falcon flies through and he goes on your left, referencing the first time they met. I didn't even catch met. that. Yeah, he says on your left, like at the, like in oh, Winter Soldier. Oh, I'm getting Soldier. emotional. And so then they do that. And all of this, all the things that they do to connect the series, it's just like, is it fan service? Absolutely. But again, if you're on board at this point, it's not even fan service. Also, if it wasn't, I mean, I don't even know, like, technically it's fan service, but at the same time, it's like, if they didn't do it, this movie would be lame. Well, and I think think it was David Sims who said, um, he was like, at this point, it's not fan service anymore because all it's like a language we all understand, all these Marvel movies. So you can't, like, say, you can't say these things are, like, fan service because you know the stuff. Yeah. And then Black Panther walks out. And, and it's got the Wakanda theme song going on. Yeah. And then Spider-Man swings out. The Guardians come out. Oh, that Doctor you get Strange bumps. flies in. And you're just like, no way. I mean, it's <laughs> such it's such an incredible moment. It, it is like, it truly, like that moment alone is like, this was worth watching all these movies. This was worth oh watching Ant-Man. Like, this and there is was a time it. where I couldn't give a rip about any of it. And now I'm just like tearing up watching all of these people zoom in and you see their fleet battled like against Thanos' fleet and you're like, oh, it's over, man. Yeah, and, th- and they're doing the smart thing that you have to do if you're doing a big battle. You have to give people um, problems to solve within the battle and yeah. little mini mini stories within the battle or it gets so boring and they're doing it with like they have to get the gauntlet to the time machine van that later thanos will destroy and they have this sw- were, were they just going to put all the stones back what were they going to do yeah take them back in time and put them back where they should go um and then they they do the thing and if you don't like it you can talk to me off mic because i can go off about it they do the sweet girl shot that has all the girl heroes and we've had enough just only guy shots. It's okay, people, if you don't like that. It's not okay. Also, it doesn't even awesome. feel preachy. It's not. It's just cool. Someone's riding a freaking preg- Pegasus. <laughs> She's riding a pregnancy. <laughs> you're, you're t- I mean, the horse could be pregnant too because it might be a woman. So if you don't like that shot, uh, you can talk to me off mic. And but don't that, talk to me because I'm done with it. <laughs> that shot freaking rules. And I love the I love those girls. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And Captain Marvel comes in and like destroys most of the fleet and you're just like this is awesome and then you have and thanos remember the, you have the, the moment great... where captain america takes the hammer okay wait hold on too you see that <laughs> that peter quill and gamora he sees her for the first time since she died oh yeah and then he's like oh my gosh i can't believe i'd ever see you again and he's about to kiss her and she knees him in the balls because it's past gomora she has never met peter <laughs> she has no idea who this and guy she is. goes to nebula like you're telling me it's this guy and nebula says it was either him or a tree yeah <laughs> so it's just like it's one of those things where it's like cool i'm glad that they didn't just like come back and she's just like i think he- I have a weird connection to him. I mean, he kind of feels that way a little bit, but it's like, it's there's not like consequences. There's That's consequences. What I like. And it's just like, I hope guardians three is about him getting her back or not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Um, and so then, uh, cap gets the hammer and Thor goes, I knew it. And there's that. And everyone's shot pooping their pants in the theater and in the Macaw house. They really are. And Thanos is like pushing the ax into Thor, just like Thor was doing to him in infinity war, like the exact same mm-hmm. thing. And then 
and then Captain America's shooting lightning and stuff, and you're like, this is so amazing. That's so it was so cool. It was Whole so sequence cool. is amazing. It was cool is when Captain Marvel shows up and she starts fighting Thanos. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just kind of like, oh, you're annoying like a fly, and she's got this force around her, and he can't even punch her. Pretty he can't cool. even punch her. And he does a, a cool resourceful thing where he takes one stone out of the gauntlet, the power stone. And that's the only thing that can get her off of him. Yeah. Uh, the only thing. Pretty cool. cool. And what happens next? So battle is nuts. Spider-Man is cool. Does his insta-kill legs. Ant-Man is huge and punching those big things from the 2012 uh, mm-hmm. Avengers. Amazing. And then finally gets down to it. Everyone's like getting worn out. And then Iron Man does the switcheroo, and Thanos says, I am inevitable. And he snaps his fingers. Nothing happens. He sees... Oh, And then good. Iron Man turns, and he has all the stones on a gauntlet that is just made out of his nanotech suit. And he goes, I am Iron Man. Snaps his freaking fingers, and every all the bad guys start turning into dust. And they kind of reference slash mirror a little bit that shot at that ends Infinity War where Thanos slowly sits down and he looks out into the distance content. But this time he sits down and then he looks out into the distance and then he puts his head down and disintegrates into dust. And it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And mind you, what's another cool thing about the whole Thanos stuff is the last movie you're just like, I get it. I get this guy. I get what Mm -hmm. he's doing. And in this movie, when he gets to that point where he's like, I'm just going to restart the earth. No, he's going to restart the universe. The universe. And And he's like, and and he, well, I just really like this, this moment. It's a great villain moment where he's like, you guys have pissed me off so much that I'm going to obliterate not only the earth, but the universe and start my new one. And they will know nothing but gratitude. Yeah. And they'll say, and and I think Captain America was like, but this, it was, it will all be built on blood. And, and Thanos says, they'll never know. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, oh man. Then, but what's cool is in this movie, they did so much work with Thanos in the previous movie. It's his movie. And then in this movie, they don't give him the time of day, really. No. And they just show that he's he is a sadistic, insane person. Yeah. And and it's cool that like like if this was just the one movie, you'd be like, Man, there's not enough Thanos. Like I don't get it. But it's cool the juxtaposition of like most of the other movie to this where it's like, no, this is about the Avengers, you jerk. Yeah. Iron Man dies. It's beautiful. It's sad. He dies with Pepper right there, which is, I'm glad that's And Spider-Man's right there. And Spider-Man. And Don Cheadle's right there, too. Yeah. Then we go to the funeral, and there's the little bouquet thing that says, that has Iron Man's heart, and it says proof that Tony Stark had a heart, and they push it off into the cabin. And you you see all the people who have touched his life throughout the Iron Man movies, slash Avenger movies, including the kid from Iron Man 3. Um, who helped him in, when he crashed. Yeah. Um, and then one moment that like real, like this is when I lost it is when happy is sitting this with his, gets me every yeah, time his, his happy sitting with his daughter on the porch. And he's just like, Hey, like, are you hungry? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, what do you want to eat? And she's like a cheeseburger. And I didn't realize this because it's only the second time I've seen this movie, uh-huh. but I didn't realize the first time I saw it that that's what Iron Man asked for in Iron Man 1 when he got Which back to America. we made a big America. fuss about, but now it's but like, But then Happy's nice. like, your dad loved cheeseburgers. But, I'm going to make you all the cheeseburgers you want. And you're just like... <laughs> John, John Favreau in this scene, he, he's, he's in like two scenes in this entire movie, and I think that's the only dialogue he has. Oh, he nearly brings me to the way he chokes up and straightens his he, tie. He is such a in that scene. John Favreau. I mean, I've only seen him in like the Iron Man movies and Elf. 
Yeah. And the doctor. <laughs> I, I think that's it. But like, I'm even including Elf in this. He He's is a great just actor. so charismatic. Like not even charismatic is probably the wrong word. He is just such like a human. He just is human, you know? He's so good. It's just, it, I, he feels like just a salt of the earth New York guy. Yeah. To me. And I bet he is good in that movie Chef or whatever. Is it probably, that one? Yeah. <laughs> I bet he's great in it. <laughs> And then the, the the soundtrack changes to the theme that was just playing on guitar, which is really nice because they haven't featured that instrument very often. And it is at the moment when the, it's Hawkeye, Hawkeye and Scarlet and Witch. Scarlet Witch, and they're talking about how they've lost. Well, it's Hawkeye's like, I just wish she, we, there was some way we could tell her to yeah. tell Black Widow. And Scarlet Witch is like, she knows. Yeah. Which I think is... he knows too. And then you're like, yeah, he's a computer. <laughs> he knows. And that's really nice. And then... Um... The, the scene that got me in the theaters that didn't get me this time, though, I think because now I've seen Spider-Man, but is when he walks into the... To, to, okay, I'm getting a little... But when Peter Parker walks into high oh, school... Oh, Micah, I that, lost it on that part, too. That shot Ned is kind of like this indie shot, and he looks so alone, and yet he's in a crowded place, and he turns, and then Ned and him share this Do you moment see that Ned is love. crying? Yeah, he's do you crying. see that? And he just hugs him, and they're it's they're beautiful. both just crying, and and like everyone's just going on about their normal business because mm-hmm. I mean it's like yeah the blip is reversed, everyone's back, it's back to normal life, but it's almost like it's also like Ned knows what Peter went through. Yeah, and and like it, it's just like he has been waiting for five y- years. I because I, I don't know if Ned was gone or not. He was blipped. He. Ned was blipped too. Yeah. Oh, okay. So either way, so it's just like they're both just safe and they're friends. Yeah. And they're just both like, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going, I'm rambling here. Yeah. But it's just so but sweet. Then we get to the best scene in the movie. Captain America is going to set all the stones. Oh, wait, back. we should just mention one quick thing, yes. just because it's important. Um, Guardians, they get, they get their due as well. Oh yeah. Guardians are Thor. Guardians are back on their ship. Sans Gamora. Because yes. she, I mean, we don't know where she is, um, but yeah, Thor is now on the ship and you're just like, oh my gosh, is Thor going to be in the next Avengers or Guardians movie? Is and he, he going to be a he Guardians? Says, the Asgardians of the galaxy. And you're like, I hope so bad oh, that damn. he is in the, like the whole movie. I hope so bad. Yeah. Great pairing. They have a little, um, you know, like I'm the man. No, I'm the man. Him and Chris Pratt. Really funny stuff. Yeah. And then um, we have the best scene in the movie. Not this part, but the scene I'm about to say after this. But Captain America goes back and he puts all the stones back and the hammer back. And then he shows up and he's an old man. He didn't show up back in time um, on the time machine. And they're like, what the heck? They walk over. You can tell Bucky knew everything. He knew that he was going to do. Well, and right before he did it, which I hadn't noticed the first two times, but he says to to, Bucky says to Captain, I'm going to miss you. Mm. So he knows he's not coming back. So Captain already told him. And quick thing and then, too, Wakanda does get their due as well. I don't think yes. verbally, but it's when, when Iron Man gets yeah. is doing his voiceover, it's showing them too. Yeah, and he's yeah, and uh, then then he gives a shield to Falcon, and he's you know you're the new Captain America. He's an old man now, and then it flat. He, he says like, "What's that ring? You want to tell me about her?" And he's like, "No, I don't." And then it flashes back. Fifties music <laughs> is playing, and Captain America. It goes to a house. I'm getting chills. The camera floats to this house, goes inside, and there's this old music playing, and it's a young Steve Rogers dancing with Peggy Carter, and he finally got the dance. Because in, yeah. in, in Captain America, <laughs> he goes down with the ship, and he says, we'll have to rain check that dance. 
I'm like <laughs> tearing up. Just they like... never get the dance, and he he does get the dance. And I just love. I know some people aren't as big a fan of it, but I love that Captain America was able to finally go. You know what? I've done enough. Yeah. And I'm gonna enjoy this this woman that I love. Yeah. Which is, is it seems it's like so he, him and Iron Man are the two people who would have the hardest time giving it up mm-hmm. because there are people who see problems and know that they can stop it. Yeah. And, and another thing that I will tell the listener, the second time I saw this movie, it actually, it'll pl- hold another special place in my heart because when I got out of the movie, I had a lot of music stuff to work on. There's probably podcasts to work on, but I told Jordan, I was like, hey, when you get off work, I want to just go and like do something with you because I love you and you're my wife. Brag much. And the movie just made me, it, it inspired me to do something. And that's yeah. that's why I love movies, you know? Yeah. They can get that out of you. Yeah. And so we went and we hiked around Jacksonville, and it was a really nice day. And we saw lizards. There were a lot of lizards. You remember that? Or did you forget this day even happened? Uh-huh. You forgot? Yep. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, I, I forget. I know. I, I remember you wanting to do something. I don't remember that that's what we did. Yeah. And it was nice. And um, this movie rules. Uh, this time around, I went on my Letterboxd account, which you can follow. It's Mel Tarman. And I, <laughs> uh, and I said, you know what? I said, I'm ready to pull the trigger. This is 10 out of 10 for me. This is probably like top 20 movies. I love this movie. It's amazing. And um, it, 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 it does the promise. And if I had to rate them, and Jordan would agree, it's number four, Avengers 1. Number two. Three, Avengers Age of Ultron. No. Number two, <laughs> no. Avengers Infinity War, and the number one Avengers movie is Endgame. Oh, you just mean Avengers movies? Uh-huh. I thought you meant all of them. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. just the yeah, Avengers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which one did you put second? Infinity War? Or? I, I did it. The I They get better with each movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, And I just, I, I hope that they can, I, I think that this is like, kind of the height of the universe. I'm still ecstatic to watch the rest of these movies and just keep watching them, but I don't know that they will ever be able to build something up yeah. like this and and be able to do this sort of thing again to me emotionally. I feel like I am sort of a, a little bit back to what I was before rewatching all these movies, like with this new phase happening. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like, ugh, okay, here we go again. Yeah. So I think that, like, ironically, because all of this was so great, just perfect. Yeah. It, it's just like, now I feel like they have to prove themselves again to me. And, and like, wh- why do they, why do they think that they need besides money? Like, why do they think they have something more to say? Yeah. Which there's a lot, there's still a lot out there. Yeah. And, um, well, I'm glad they're exploring new. Yeah, and, and what what excites me about Phase Four is they they've announced so many titles that I'm not even familiar with, and I'm like interesting. So I I think they're like we told that original story, we did what we wanted to do. Now we can get weird, mm-hmm. and we can do some stranger things. Like go with like us. Stranger Things, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I don't know that they'll ever be able to get that. Like like this movie being the number one movie of all time now. I personally and. You can put this on record, and maybe I'll be, be maybe record. maybe I'll be wrong, but I don't think that they're ever gonna be like in that same position again, where they're vying for the number one movie of yeah. all time. Yeah, because this is like the thing they did it, and and I just I don't I don't think that the pe- that people are gonna feel that same way. And I I'm not saying this in a negative way. It's I know. just this movie's so good. Yeah, it's amazing. Love it. Um, 
Join us next week as we do Spider-Man Far From Home and we round out phase three. Finally. And we can move on from Marvel, except for every other weekend that they come out. And um Is that how they're set up. What? We mean every other weekend. I, I meant Oh, is like, that just a joke? I I yeah. I what okay. I meant is just when, when I they, just got when super the, scared for no, a second. No, when the movie comes out, then we'll go see the new ones and we'll do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so next week is Spider-Man Far From Home, and then it's Toy Story. So subscribe. Get ready to get toyed. And uh, comment. Comment. Uh, or I mean, write a review. I, I We put a lot into this one. I hope you enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to us talk about movies, one of our favorite things to watch and talk about. And share it with some friends. We want to keep growing. And remember, Micah has a Patreon that you can get. (laughs) We've covered that. (laughs) Micah, it's been a long episode. (laughs) Yeah. Micah has a Patreon that you can get early access to episodes on and listen to his music early access. And there are exclusive songs that I'll be releasing. And there will be things that only the Patreon will be getting. Yes. Um, And actually, I think next week I'll be coming out with... um, an exclusive Patreon song that I won't release anywhere else. Okay. Um, on December 21st, whenever day that is. So, um, I think it's a Saturday. And any, yeah. And my album's coming out January 10th. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>